0: good morning my renegades welcome back to rogue radio my name is sarah jane your lovely fearless leader host so um today is renegade times so let's jump in the trenches let's see what we can find welcome back to renegade times to get real. any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to click the links down in the description below. And that's how you reach me. Go ahead and say hello. And also get yourself some merch because you'll get a girlfriend or boyfriend. It's just how I designed it. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) Technically at work but I can still talk politics because all of the guests are out today they out living their life but anyway yeah let's get into it p- pet- let's get into some politics let's go website. I love the fact that Ben Shapiro has a lightsaber <laughs> in one of these videos. Oh my goodness, he's great. He's a little kid. <laughs> anyway, in trans news, let's go ahead. Trans identifying swimmer shows true colors on social media post. Trans identifying swimmer Leah Thomas dressed Uh, the part of an Antifa super soldier in a recent Instagram post shared by Gwen Luxenberg. Thomas, who made headlines competing for the women's NCAA um, swimming championship while still fully intact biological male, wore all black sunglasses, black shorts, and a BDSM harness and a black shirt shirt emblazoned with the words, Antifa, super-soldier. Well, alright. Interesting. Anyway, since the NCAA championships of Thomas's own teammates at University of Pennsylvania has spoken out, saying that uh, she felt bullied into accepting the presence of a biological male on a team in locker room and in competition, Uh, Paula Scanlon spoke with a Daily Wire, uh, host Matt Walsh, about her experience um, saying that she was ready to join outspoken Leah Thomas, uh, critic Riley Gaines, in um, doing whatever she could to protect women's sports. Uh, To be honest, I agree with them. Um, I feel like... Because I don't believe that trans athletes are going to go away. Um, I do believe that, I know, I know I've said this before, but for the new listeners, I mean, the, the trans people, you know, the trans people in the trans community that want to do sports, I feel like they should have their own division, and I know someone has actually told me that there's not a lot of athletes in order to have their own division, but I feel like they should anyways that way women are happy that way men are happy that way trans people are happy as well um you know i i know i'm against certain things i just have a soft spot for people who are trans because you know i work with people who are sometimes trans and they tell me their story so i understand a little bit of what they're going through mentally when it comes to being included as as the gender that they want to be assigned as. So, I understand the mental part of it, but when it comes to being included like this, I feel like, bro, just give them their own division so that we're all happy. I mean, women should never be oppressed by biological males who identify as women. Men should not be oppressed by biological females who want to be, um, you know, reassigned as male. So, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we talking about that? But, uh, okay, Scanlon recalled a meeting during which the girls on the team were informed that Thomas's spot on the team was non-negotiable, and they were warned that action could be taken against them if they were to speak with media about the situation. Do it. Speak about the media, man, okay? I mean, despite um, Thomas being a trans woman, the fact is that he's wearing a an Antifa super soldier shirt. Like, he supports Antifa. And I have had friends who have experienced the violence of Antifa before, and I cannot stand the fact that you're against anti-firearms, but you're probably one of the most violent communities I have ever seen. So tell me, make it make sense. You, You don't want people to have firearms, you don't want people to have the right to bear arms, but you're gonna use your fists and knives and all of that shit in order to get your point across instead of actually talking and debating peacefully. I don't have any respect for Antifa, so it's not the fact that Thomas is trans, it's because he's um, an Antifa supporter and I just can't tolerate that. Anyway, after the meeting, um, they really scared us. It was, it was scary, and I was petrified. I went home at night, and I called my brother and said, Can I even talk about this with you? Is there something wrong with uh, me for thinking that this is wrong? No, there's nothing wrong with you thinking that this is wrong. This is just how society is. It's been fucked up ever since, what, 2018? Probably even earlier than that. I, I don't know. Something happened, just got flipped upside down, and we just hang in there. Um, it worked. The university wanted us to be quiet, and they did in a very effective way. They continue to tell us that our opinions are wrong, and that if we had an issue with it, we are we were the problem. Um, and it's frightening, and your future job is on the line. And after that point, no one would talk about it anymore, Scanolin um, continued they effectively silenced us even within take, even with talking to each other, see now that's just, that's censorship, and that's just wrong people should be, oh shit, I'm sorry I got sidetracked by something else and we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and read this one, but let me finish my thought, um Everybody has the right to speak. Everybody has the right to express themselves and their own opinion and the way they do things and the way they treat themselves and other people. So when it comes to uh, that shit, man, leave people alone. Like, when you wanna go up and speak up about this, people should be listened to whether they're trans, black, white, gay, straight, whatever, women, man, it's just not okay, it's not okay guys. Just, this doesn't make any sense. Okay, whether you're a trans male or a trans female, you are biologically still a male or female, whatever whatever you came out as in the womb is who you're always going to be. It's written upon your DNA and you cannot change that. Um, I know that'll hurt some people, I know that'll upset some people, but that is the truth. Facts don't care about your feelings, alright? Like I said, I love the trans people, I love people who are trans, I understand that there's mental issues behind why they want to reassign themselves as a different gender. Please don't think that I hate you, I just think when it comes to stuff like this, it should be taken care of in a more careful and tender way, and... To that way, no one gets oppressed. You know? But anyway, that's just my opinion. No one listens to me. <laughs> so Biden has decided to be a gross motherfucker. Creepy Biden interaction with small child and night's firestorm. What the fuck is wrong with this man? He's not human. He's not operating with a full brain. I think he has dementia or even Alzheimer's or something. Something's going on with his brain. Plus, he's a pedophile. Like, I know he is. Like, the fact that I see this picture of him nibbling on a child. Like, the fuck, get the fuck back. I will punch you in the face. I don't care. I don't care if you're my fucking president, bro. Get the fuck off. If that was my child, you're gonna die. That was my kid, shit. For one, I wouldn't be anywhere near Biden. But shit, any, anybody, anybody, fuck you. You will die, bro. They're gonna have to find another president by the time I'm done with you. The fuck, okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little angry now. Jesus. When it comes to kids and their safety, fuck that. I- Listen, I will fight for any child. That's just me. I guess I'm just built like that. I- I can't. I can't deal with it. So when I see a picture like that, yes, it pisses the fuck out of me. It just, grrr, I wanna wring his neck. I am at work. <laughs> I'm so glad no one's here. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, President Joe Biden ignited a firestorm uh, this week after a bizarre video of him um, emerged uh, this week where he nibbled a small child who appeared not to like the interaction. See, even the child doesn't like that creepy, wrinkly motherfucker touching her. She already knows that something's wrong. And everybody was fine with it? (sighs) The video of Biden uh, came from Helsinki, Finland, um, and showed what happened when he approached a woman carrying a small child. Uh, Biden put his face on the girl's shoulder and nibbled on her for several seconds, causing the girl to turn away from the 80-year-old. Oh, 80-year-old. Oh, gross. You fucking... Biden attempted to kiss the girl on the head, and she turned her head again. Um, and moved away from Biden. See, that's the problem with a lot of people nowadays, especially parents. Listen, I'm not saying that you don't want to protect your kids, but a stranger coming up and trying to nibble your kid, you're- Stop. Stop. I will shank you. I will put a knife down your throat. I'm sorry. I get violent, I'm sorry, I get real violent when it comes to- I just... (sighs) Protecting kids is a second nature of mine, I guess. Anyway. That was loud. Um, no, I feel like a lot of parents don't give their kids credit when it comes to sensing danger and sensing things around them. They perceive and they feel a whole lot more than a lot of, um like older people do so for me even having um see I don't even want to I don't want to talk about that but anyway um no but even watching children who who perceive certain things and react to certain things you you have to take that seriously and um if your child says hey mommy daddy um someone did this to me go ahead and take that seriously because you don't know whether or not it could be true and you don't want to be a parent parenting your child and regretting the fact that you didn't take that into action like you didn't take that seriously so i i encourage every parent every um, guardian to always listen to their kids because for one, they're innocent. I don't feel like a lot of kids, especially the girl that was nibbled on, she's a baby, so when she expresses her discomfort, it's a pure action. Children don't know how to lie at that age. So when a child does that, they're letting you know that they're uncomfortable. And I would never, never, never let this happen to a child. Never. But I'm gonna go ahead and quickly watch this real quick. No, she- that child was scared to death. I'm sorry. Like, the fuck? She was, like, shaking and didn't want to be around him. Like, stop. I would smack the fuck out of- I would- I would- I would definitely be arrested just because I want to protect my kid. Oh my god, I can see it now. Okay, the video generated widespread disgust online from how many who noted that Biden has a long history of this type of behavior. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, He even said what? That an 8-year-old looked like a 20 or a 19-year-old a long time ago? Like, dude, no, stop. Shut up. Oh, the caffeine is kicked in, I can tell. Uh, let's see. This has got to be Biden's creepiest moment yet with a child. No, there's a whole lot more. Have you? Are you dumb? Anyway, um, said digital media strategist Caleb Hull All Biden has to do is not do this, and he can't. Radio host Jesse Kelly tweeted, dude, can't help himself when uh, he sees a little girl like a kid on Christmas morning. Australian political commenter Rita Ponte, I hope I said your name right, Panahi, uh, tweeted, creepy as fuck, and Biden has a long history of inappropriate touching, kissing, sniffing, and whatever the hell this is. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with this man? tweeted Red State uh, editor Ben Q. Um, I'm sorry, said media analyst Joe Concha. Uh, normal people don't do this with children. Especially since, like, I understand, like, any normal, like, older person will be sentimental and they will want to hold your kid, but most of the time they will ask first. The parents... Just to see if that's okay. Um, But now, I mean, back then that was okay for like elder people to come up to your child and be like, oh, you're so cute and blah, 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 and all that shit. You know, it was fine back in the day uh, as long as like the parents would allow that person to go ahead and like play with their kid. But I mean, in this climate now, in this day and age, fuck that, you're a pedophile. (laughs) Um, I just feel like this was just it was not needed. It was not necessary, definitely not necessary at all. Um, Mediate noted that the clip sparked lots of commentary on cable news channels, including Fox News where uh, host Jesse Waters said, Here's the president nibbling at a terrified baby in Finland. It's not presidential, it's weird. It's not just weird. It's disgusting, it's disturbing. The only time men do this with their children at home, or, I'm sorry, the only time uh, men do that is with their own children at home. Maybe not with strange babies um, in the middle of Europe with cameras rolling, especially. He's nuzzling and sniffing random kids. Joe showed more affection to a young Finnish girl than he has with his own granddaughter in Arkansas. (laughs) Damn, I shouldn't be laughing, but that- that blunt statement, I appreciate. I really do. Um, but yeah. Biden, shut up. Stop. Stop. Just stop. Can we get, like, a muzzle on him? That way he don't do that shit in public no more, because this is just disgusting. Well, guess who's sucking Bill Gates' dick? It's Kamala Harris. I knew it. <laughs> okay, um, I am I am on a different level today. I had caffeine, so that's probably why I'm acting like this. Um, yeah, I feel good. I feel good. So hopefully this this episode is entertaining, at least for you, um, a little bit. Anyway, Kamala Harris roasted after suggesting population reduction to help the environment. Oh, yay! <laughs> okay, let me just. Listen, let me just read this. Vice President Kamala Harris was roasted this week after she said that population reduction was a way to ensure that the future generations would be able to clean- to have clean air and water. Okay, well maybe that's just because you need to stop fucking putting shit in the water. You're doing that yourselves, right? I know that. I know that. But y'all don't want to talk about what the fuck you're doing. Harris made the remarks at uh, Coppin State University in Baltimore, Maryland during a speech where she discussed the um, designation of 20% or I'm sorry, 20 billion uh, toward green energy projects. Okay. Uh, When we invest in clean energy and uh, electric vehicles and reduce population, and reduce population. See, she just decided to put that in there because if you hide something in plain sight and tell people beautiful lies, they're fine with it. Um, especially when they're conditioned and manipulated like Democrats, but anyway. Um, when we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, <clears throat> uh, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Harris said uh, during her speech, prompting reactions from people like Tesla CEO Elon Musk and Representative uh, Thomas Massey, Republican of Kentucky. So let me go ahead and listen. Um, I would love to let you guys listen to this, but I don't think the office computer will will let me see. I'll just put it up to the microphone. ...about the effect on something like public health. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. I'm sorry, who the fuck would applaud that? What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> See, this is what I mean. Like The American people are so um manipulated and conditioned to the point where they're poor, fat, and stupid... Stupid enough to actually agree with Kamala Harry-ass wanting to kill people. Reducing population is nuts, Musk said. Uh, We need to increase population. Interesting. See, the thing is, is that I don't really know how to put my finger on Elon Musk. I don't know whether he's a friend or foe. Um, But Twitter CEO has frequently warned about declining birth rates across the world, including the United States, one saying that most people in the world are opening under the or operating under the false impression that there are too many people. Massey responded by asking, are you the population she wants to reduce? Uh, to which Blaise uh, commentator Steve Deese replied, Thomas Mathis lives. Um... Granted, he sounds dumber than I remember. Fuck. Um, Representative um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican of Georgia, also reacted acting or asking if the vice president was referring to abortion or assisted suicide. Which is they're Um Or what means... Or what means are you suggesting to reduce population in order to help the public health? See, the thing is is that um, I-, I will always keep recommending the Behold a Pale Horse book by William Cooper because he actually talks about how they have been trying to reduce the population for quite some time. The only reason why the LGBTQ has been pushed so much up everybody's asshole um, figuratively speaking, is because they know that a lot, or most of the time, all the time, um, homosexuals cannot reproduce, therefore that also helps, uh, population reduction. There's also things like plastic, um, how do you say this, hindrances when it comes to condoms, safe sex, Reduces population, of course, because people get less pregnant. Less, th- I feel like everybody's getting pregnant nowadays. But anyway, um, another one, hysterectomies are encouraged, abortions are encouraged, and um, all of that stuff. So they have, at one time or another, for several years, pushed those agendas in order to get people to agree to the fact that... This should be happening more and more and more. And it's working. There, She's not talking about just, like, environmental pollution. She's talking about people pollution. She is bought into that fact that people are the vermin. And she expressed it in her speech. And people loved it. <laughs> you guys are proving her point. Excuse me. Senator Eric Schmidt, Republican of Missouri, said that Harris uh, was saying uh, the quiet part out loud regarding an other climate alarmists' very anti-human ideology, and their desire to reduce the population. Reducing population has always been a goal for climate alarmists. Um, It was a premise of John Holdren's book, Ecoscience, and Obama made him climate czar. What is with the czar word? I mean, Fucking Russian term. Stop it. It's stupid. I've never heard. I have never heard the word czar used as much as it has been in 2023. I'm just saying. Communism, maybe? I don't know. Political commentator Stephen Miller said, okay. The White House transcript of uh, Harris's speech was later edited to cross out the word population to replace it with, word, with the word pollution. So, pollution control? Still, to me, being the conspiracy theorist that I am, you, <coughs> you think that the people <laughs> are the pollution. So you pollute the water. You put fluoride in the water, you decide to keep people poor, fat, and stupid, care about TikTok too much, yeah, encourage abortion, safe sex, and hysterectomies, and vaccines, and all that lovely shit, in order to do what you want. You think that people are cattle. That's all she thinks that people are, are cattle. And we're just proving her point by encouraging her in an applause. The fuck? Um, in her speech, Harris also said that time was running out to deal with climate issues. It is clear that the clock is not only ticking, it is banging, and we must act. Roughly $14 billion of the money discuss- uh, discussed by Harris... Uh, We'll go toward tens of thousands of clean energy technology projects The other six billion will be used in green energy efforts in low-income neighborhoods According to the Baltimore banner see the problem is Have you ever tried eating healthy? You know how hard that is? It's expensive 14 billion and 16 or 6 billion Jesus That's 20 billion dollars that's going to something as nonsensical as clean energy and not going back to the people to reduce inflation. They just want it to reduce the population. Hm. Interesting. I'm not surprised. Um, the money was design- designated through a fund that was coupled with a bill that was touted as President Joe Biden's package to fight inflation. Ooh, What? But some argued only added uh, to it because of the amount of spending included in the bill. Life is going to get much more expensive, guys. Hope you know that. I am so surprised that I blew through that, those three segments, so uh, we're just gonna go- We're just gonna keep on going. We're gonna see how far I can go. Maybe I'll get to world news today. Anyways, let's uh... I don't know, let's look at some random shit, some nonsensical shit that I like. So, uh, yeah. Interesting. Let's go. The 13 habits healthy people do every day. Picking up these simple eating, exercise, and lifestyle good habits can change your life. So, the last thing you want to do is add more to do's uh, to your day. We know you're busy, but guess what? So, are the fittest, healthiest, and most successful among us who um, still make time for habits that uh, prime them? Uh, well, I'm sorry, for well, more health, happiness, and success. So copy them. Here's um your cheat sheet. Thirteen ways to shape your up your life starting today. They have or they move for at least thirty minutes. Interesting. Um by now you probably know that oh, okay, pop-up. Um that sitting can kill you. Jeez, okay. I'm glad I'm doing shit. Uh and um, that, and that's because humans are made to move, not stay still. The problem is we're moving less and less. But um, the most successful among us know that movement isn't just key to a better physical health, but it boosts your brain power. Exercising just 30 minutes a day can, um, or is the single greatest thing that you can do for your overall health. Um, says Alex Casparo, M-A-R-D, in, uh, in fact, the one study in American Journal of Psychology found 30 minutes of moderate exercise to be just as effective as 60 when it came to weight loss. And while, um, you're probably already exercising, it's important to find something that you love, uh, that way fitness will never feel like a chore, especially on those days where the last thing you want to do is keep moving. Yes, that's true. Uh, They have sex. They do. They boink. People... people love to fuck each other, right? (laughs) I'm sorry, I had to make a fucking... I had to make a comment about that. Uh, The powers of sex. Yes, yes. Do you guys know what happens when you have sex? It makes your hair grow. (laughs) It clears up your skin. It gives you abs, especially when you do it enough. Yeah, okay. Uh, From fixing a migraine to reducing stress and anxiety and to boosting your mood and even lowering blood pressure um, Getting frisky pays off single someone uh, or some research even suggests that casual sex has benefits too. Regardless, uh, you can thank a surge of hormones and endorphins uh, that your body releases during intercourse for uh, Your for the health boons Okay how much and how often uh, you I'm sorry. Give me a second, I can't read. How much and how often you're, or you should get busy varies with every day, but just knowing that a morning quickie could have long-term perks should help you start your day. <laughs> it is true, sex is very healthy. Um, let's see. They get outside. Uh, most of the wealthiest and healthiest people admit that each and every day they try to go outside and connect with mother earth see that's the thing that a lot of finnish and scandinavian people do they go ahead they call it forest bathing i think or like forest i think it's forest bathing they just go out and they they want to be one with nature they go hiking and everything like that and that makes them even more happy um so uh exercise psychologist and athletic trainer scott weiss cscs Uh, and that makes sense. Uh, Being outdoors can reduce stress, alleviate problems and depression, and boost your mood. Being outdoors is also a crucial part of logging a good night's sleep, as well. Um, As natural as daylight helps sync up your Canadian rhythm. I'm sorry, what the fuck? (laughs) Circadian rhythm, not Canadian. I'm losing it. I'm I'm losing my mind, people. (laughs) So take advantage of the summer and take your workout outside. Absolutely. They drink two liters of H2O. Does eighty milliliters count? I don't I don't know. No, it's 80 fluid ounces. Anyway, water is key to a healthy day, um says Casparo. Even mild dehydration, losing just one point five percent of your normal water volume can alter your mood. Uh, found a study from uh, Yukon. That study also found that dehydration is linked to fatigue, headaches, anxiety, and trouble concentrating. Aim for eight eight ounces. I'm sorry, eight eight ounce glasses of water a day. um, About two liters. Okay. They get in the right they get the uh, they get the right amount of sleep. I don't, and I'm happy, but it's okay. Most healthy people not only exercise every day, but they make sure that they go to sleep. Um, that they know how to get the sleep they need. Um, sleep is when most of the anabolic or growth hormones are produced and regeneration occurs. It is imperative to the vital daily function, says Weiss. Some people function uh, great on six hours a night. Some On eight, so we don't get caught up in the number. What matters? Knowing your body and knowing sure, or making sure that you take accountability for your body and go ahead and sleep accordingly. They go offline. See this? This is something that I I I do every day. I'm always online. Um, Unfortunately, that's a bad habit. It's not something that I am opposed to, you know, going offline. I I am fine with that. It's just a lot of the time I'm on the podcast or doing something else um, when it comes to stuff like that. But anyway, while Facebook, Twitter, and Tinder, Tinder's still around? Jesus, (laughs) have their perks. Um, There's science to -to face-to-face meetups. So call your buddies from college and get together and make it a habit. Research shows that the bigger your social circle, the longer you'll live and the healthier your life will be. And family matters too. One study found that for men in particular, a network of relatives is key to well-being in midlife. Interesting. They stretch. Even doctors have said that like stretching will make your body love you. Um But anyway, stretching is vital to a healthy life. It helps maintain flexibility in every muscle, uh, proves longevity in the joints, and flushes the muscles out, uh, clearing congestion. Uh, As you stretch, you can imagine wringing out a towel, Um, says Weiss. All the toxins and the byproducts of metabolism have a chance to move toward a central circulation instead of being stagnant and stuck in your muscles. Target uh, what tends to be tight and neglected: your hip flexors, hamstrings, calves, chest, uh, lats, and forearms. These are chests. They learn something new. Um, in today's world, we are or. There are so many different platforms and mediums for new knowledge. Um, Whether you want to learn a new language and find out uh, how to grill the perfect steak, and people uh, that are the most successful not only plan for exercise in everyday life, but they also try to consistently learn and understand new methods of training or diet or implement what works for them the best, says Weiss. Um, And a sense of curiosity, no matter um, the topic, could pay off. Uh, Research out last month found a connection between health and wonder. Um, People who experienced awe in a regular basis also had fewer um, markers of inflammation, which is linked to everything from pain to cancer. Holy shit! Learning something new is just completely healthy for you. Damn. okay. They meditate. Okay. Looking to lower blood pressure naturally, um, try meditating. Uh, I noticed a huge difference in how I handle stress after adding just 10 minutes of meditation to my daily routine, says Casparo. Studies uh, back up that too. Harvard research finds mindfulness and meditation can cause or can ease anxiety and stress and even physical pain you don't have to Zen out for hours either research suggests that just 25 minutes a day can reduce stress reactions in your body um, other experts argue that it only takes a few deep breaths and your stomach should expand as you breathe in in the or and in con and in contract when you exhale. It it should expand and contract, is what I was trying to say, Uh, to calm your nervous system, better prepping you to face the day. They train outside of the gym, too. One thing I learned from the amazing Shaolin monk um, was uh, the idea of training through the day, Weiss says. Whatever you do, from carrying a package, to lifting a box, to vacuuming, to doing yard work, take the time to be conscious uh, that your breath is in conjunction with the movements in addition to using the correct form of technique. Um, Learning how to move more efficiently without rushing will not only make you stronger but help prevent injury. They do body weight exercises. being able to move and control your body weight is a big time indicator of health the study found that higher muscle strength measured a by hand grip test uh was linked to 25 to 30 percent of lower risk of death and heart disease another study out of brazil suggests that the easier that yeah that the easier it is for you to pick yourself up off the ground using your own weight Um, the longer the life will be. You're probably uh, already doing some of the best basic body weight uh, exercises, including the push-ups, pull-ups, dips, planks, and calf raises. They eat by color. Uh, How many times has uh, your school back in the day always tell you, make sure that your plate is colorful? Wow. Uh, five servings is ideal when it comes to fruits and vegetables. Sure, some research even suggests that we should be getting seven a day, um, but start small and don't beat yourself up over it. Eat at least two servings of vegetables, says Kasparo. Uh, while three to five is the ideal, two is an easy minimum to strive for. Uh, If your diet is less than colorful, go for green first. The study found that those who ate just two servings of leafy greens a day had a better cognitive skill uh, than those who ate none. They smirk. Shit, I do that all the time. (laughs) I'm healthy because I smirk, guys. How many times have you seen me smirk on Instagram? Jesus, I just know something, y'all don't. Um, Smiling is a human's uh, most vulnerable gesture, if used correctly, Weiss says, smiling uh, stimulates your brain in a way that even chocolate sex or well-regarded pleasure inducer cannot match. In fact, happy people smile 40 to 50 times a day Um, He says, not that the average person only does so 20 times a day, Uh, better yet, you can fake it till you make it. Simply smiling, even if you're not really feeling it, can initiate and perpetuate a good mood and good uh, chemistry naturally, he says. Yeah, people like smiles, some people say that... You know people look better when they smile they look cuter and shit so go ahead i'm pretty sure you're never fully dressed when i smile guys I... why the fuck did i say that i sound like a dork anyway <laughs> let's go to the next one I guess. okay this is a really cool fucking website it's called radio.com with like five O's, you can pick any, um, country in the world and a decade, and you can go ahead and fucking listen to what was popular at that time. So, I'm gonna have some fun. So, uh, let me see if I can, um, go ahead and, cause I want, let's see, 19... Ninety. I want to hear what was- Listen to that, that's from Iceland. Ah, oh, that's from Björk. That's cool. I mean, to be honest, that's a really cool website. Yeah, it's radio.com with five O's. That's amazing. I love this. But anyway, let's go ahead and find a real article to read. Um, but yes, go to radio.com with five O's. I just, it's great. I, I love this. I love discovering new music like that. But anyway, yeah, let's, let's find something else. <laughs> okay, so we have the dangerous books too powerful to read. So we're just going to go ahead and... Skip the intro because it is very confusing for me. Because whatever, um, let's start with the Catholic Church. For a long time, discouraged people from possessing their own copies of the Bible and approved uh, only Latin translation that a uh, few ordinary people could read. Anyway, in some ways, we have to admire the energy and vigilance of those who want to ban books today. It used to be so much easier than this. Centuries ago, uh, when most of the population could not read and books were not readily available, their knowledge could be constrained at source. For example, the Catholic Church for a long time discouraged people from possessing their own Bibles and approved only Latin translation that few ordinary people could read anyway. Um, Ostensibly, um, this was to prevent the laity of misinterpreting the word of God, but it also ensured that uh, they could not challenge the authority of the church readers. Yep. Yep. Um, when literacy rates um, improved, as when Britain introduced uh, education laws in the 19th century, um, Books remained expensive, particularly those high-end literary works um, whose words and ideas in the most durable and potentially the most dangerous um, way only in the 1930s with albatross books and penguin books uh, did the new mass audience for quality, affordable books um, have its appetite satisfied. And simultaneously, book banning was out to take on a new life, and would-be censors try uh, desperately to keep up with the proliferation of new titles and opened readers um, to new and disruptive ideas. Um, But what was surprising about the expansion of book banning in the 20th century is how widespread the lust was for this protection. Yeah, racket. Okay. Um, corrupting minds. Uh, today, the government of China, for example, continues um, to issue edicts against books in schools that are not in line with the country's socialist core values. Yeah, they've rewritten the Bible, which is blasphemous as fuck. Um, they have deviant world uh, views life views and values, classically flexible words that can be applied to any book the authorities disapprove of for any reason, although the students don't really uh, look at them anyway, observed one teacher in 2020, clearing that the school library shelves of Animal Farm and 1984s. All right. In Russia, the approach to book banning has a been a remarkably public adventure given the number of great writers and uh, country or the country has exported so willingly or not to the rest of the world during the soviet era the government tried to exert as much control over the citizens reading habits and it did over the rest of their lives 1958 boris pasternak was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature of his novel, Dr. Zhivago. I've watched the movie. It's incredible. The one with Keira Knightley in it? Perfect. Um, Which had been published in Italy in the previous year, but not at home. Um, His award uh, angered the Soviet authorities so much that the the state-controlled media called it an artistically squalid, malicious work um let's see that he was forced to turn down the award the government dis- despised the book as much uh for what it did not contain it failed to celebrate the russian revolution as uh what it did it contained religious overtones and s- celebrated the worth of the individual the cia um, seeing that the great propaganda value of Dr. Zhivago arranged for it to be printed in Russia. <laughs> well, I didn't know Dr. Zhivago was a banned book. The banning of books in the Soviet Union led to the development of sam... samizdat? Um, or self-published writing, uh, to which we owe the continued existence for the, uh, for example, the poetry of Osip Manz... Mandelstam on oh, Osip Mandelstam. Okay, um, dissident writer Vladimir Bukovsky uh, summed up Sam Sidet. Okay, I'm gonna have trouble pronouncing things. Um, I write it myself, edit myself, uh, censor it myself, publish it myself, distribute it myself, and spend jail time for it myself. <laughs> Um, but those in the West flatter themselves if they think that it doesn't happen there. Um, when books are banned or attempts are made to ban, the argument is the same, uh, there as elsewhere. Um, that it is to protect ordinary people who seemingly are too feeble-minded to judge for themselves from the exposure to corrupting ideas. Um, in Britain, book banning has been... Uh, a total, I'm sorry, a tool against um, against perceived sexual obscenity. Um, it is typically an attempt to use the blunt force of the law to arrest uh, social change. Alright, a tactic that always fails, uh, but <laughs> which is irresistible uh, to short termist. Authorities, nonetheless. See, the thing is, is that I feel like um, now Britain is probably the most sexually obscene place when it comes to like media and stuff. So, yeah, that didn't work. (laughs) Um, Many writers have had their reputation burnished by the brushes or by their brushes with Britain's uh, obscenity laws. James Joyce um, was perceptive. When he said, uh, while writing *Ulysses*, that police non or not, withstanding, um, I should like to put everything into my novel. The book was banned in Britain from 1922 to 1936, even though um, the legal officer responsible for the ban had uh, read only 42 of the books and or the yeah 42 of the books, 732 pages. Oh shit. That's a big book. Um, the everything that Joyce put into Ulysses included masturbation, swearing, sex, and going to the toilet. <laughs> I love blunt people, especially when it comes to writing. That's hilarious. Um, D.H. Lawrence was a special case. His work often um, containing sexual acts that Lawrence um, regarded as spiritual reverence. Um, had been the subject of campaign by Britain's uh, director of public prosecutions for years um, burning this book, The Rainbow uh, yeah, burning his book The Rainbow, um, intercepting his post his poems, and um, pansies, so it's the rainbow and pansies that they tried to burn and raiding an exhibition of his art. Six decades after it tried yeah, after it tried to ban the book, the British government prevented the judges of copy Lady Chatterley's Lover from being sold overseas so that a buyer can be found uh, to keep this important part of their nation's history in the UK. Um, The vendetta continued beyond the grave when Penguin Books um, published Lady Chatterley's Lover in 1960 and invited and invited prosecution. The trial is famous. Uh, the, <laughs> hang on. The publisher recruited dozens of writers and academics to attest to the book's literary qualities and um, through... Um, although Enid Blyton turned them down and the judge amplified or exemplified the state's distrust of ordinary reader, readers when um, he continued... The jury against relying on literary experts as um, that how the girls working in the factory are going to read this book. The Coda in the case, in which the jury found unanimously in favor of Penguin, is a delicious... Three years ago, the six decades after it tried to ban the book, the uh, British government prevented the judge's copy of Lady Chatterley's Lover from being sold overseas. Uh, to that a buyer can be found to keep um, this important part of our nation's history in the UK. So, um, keeping ideas alive. Uh, meanwhile, in the U.S., it's a tribute of sorts to the enduring power of books banning uh, them remains so popular in a world where each new wave of technology, from TV to gaming, social media, attracts fierce of inappropriate content. Schools... Are a particular hotbed of attempt uh, or attempted censorship um, partly because um, directing a child's malleable mind um, seems like an efficient way to cut off perceived dangers, uh, but also because, unlike bookshops, school boards have some degree of community input. In 1982, the uh, the year that Banned Books Week was launched, a case of attempted school censorship, Island Trees School District, um, reached the Supreme Court where um, the school board argued that it, it's a moral duty to protect the children of our schools from its moral, or for this moral danger um, is surely as a form of physical and medical dangers. Medical dangers? For reading a book, the dangers uh, they referred to were the books that were anti-American, anti-Christian, anti-Semitic, and just plain filthy. (laughs) The charge of anti-Semitism was laid against the Jewish novelist Bernard Malamud's uh, great novel, The Fixer. Um, The court uh, concluded, however, in alignment of the First Amendment, that local school boards may not remove books from school libraries simply because they dislike the ideas contained in these books." See I feel like now it, it should be a thing to an extent. Like don't be teaching LGBTQ in schools, that's like the parent's responsibility. Now we have people who are publishing books and putting them in schools and teaching kids how to masturbate. Like, that's not okay. But anyway, the three most uh, challenged books in 2021 were objected because of the LGBTQIA plus content. The alphabet community content. Anyway, um, that, is not so, or that has not stopped them. Foremost, um. Among the hot topics for challenges and bans on books in schools and libraries is sex. Uh, America seems to be very exercised about sex, Um, says James LaRue, uh, then director of American Liberties Libraries Association Office After Intellectual Freedom. Put it in um, 2017. Excuse me. Oh! Oh! Excuse me, give me a second. There we go, there we go. We had a glitch in the Matrix a little bit. We're good, we're back. Um, sex has tran- or traditionally uh, meant obscenity, which led to U.S. Judge Potter Stewart's famous attempt to uh, pin down the definition of hardcore pornography in a court case in 1964. Um, I know it when I see it, but today, sex uh, in book bans is more likely to mean sexuality and gender identity, the- (laughs) Thanks, you dick. You need a new muffler, bro. Uh, three most challenged books of 2021 in the U.S. were objected, uh, to because of their LGBTQ content. Uh, this brings into question the idea that book bans are done to protect young people rather than as an attempted ideological purge, and shows a lack of imagination by censors. Um, holding that the depiction, for example, of transgender people um, causes the phenomenon rather than the reverse, this connected to be the relief that brings, or that things we dislike can safely be, uh, can be safely ignored as long as we don't see them on the page, a regular top 10 member of the band books list, Toni Morrison's, uh, modern classic of blue eyes, uh, the bluest eyes for, um, its depiction of child, child sex abuse? Jesus Christ, oh my God. But then, book censorship in the U.S. has a long history, um, its most famously early victim was Harriet Beecher Stowe's 1852 anti-slavery novel, Uncle Tom's Cabin. I feel like we read this in school, oh my god. Um, In 1857, a black Ohio man, Sam Green, was tired. Um, are tried convicted um, and sentenced to 10 years imprisonment um, in the penitentiary for having his in his possession Uncle Tom's cabin. It is a twist of history that the book is now more often criticized from the progressive end of the political spectrum for its stereotypical portrayal of black characters. Okay, The more prominent book... Um, the more likely um, it is to attract attention is J.D. Salinger's *The Catcher in the Rye*. I had to read this in uh, high school. Literally. Um, anyway, *The Catcher in the Rye* has been challenged regularly. A teacher was sacked for teaching in teaching it in 1960, and the book was removed from schools in Wyoming, North Dakota, and California in the 1980s. The argument for ban- banning Salinger's Novel is typically for um, profanity and vulgar language. Yeah, they say "God damn it," like every word I remember. <laughs> um, even though it is um, opening line with uh, all that David Copperfield <laughs> kind of crap <laughs> seems quaint. Yeah, um, book banning is a broad um, church bringing together books that are not normally bedfellows. Um, it encompasses everything from popular fiction, Peter Benchley, Sidney Sheldon's Jodi Picoult. I had to read something from Jodi Picoult, too. That one was about a school shooting. Um, 19 Minutes It was a good book. Um, to establish um, classics, Kurt um, Vonnegut, Harper Lee, Kate Chopin, it is more. It has more targets than any, than an archery contest. Okay. From occult worship, the Harry Potter series, and atheism, the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm hitting the wall when it comes to reading. I'm gonna finish it. There is hope, of course. The publicity of Banned Books Week uh, keeps these books and uh, the issue of censorship in the public eye. And there is um, a Streisand effect trying to ban books makes people more aware of them. In the U.S., uh, some Barnes & Noble stores have tables of banned books. Ooh, I need to go now. I need to look. Um, And it's website for a separate category uh, for them. In the UK, a rare book fair um, in Satachi Gallery has uh, this month displayed and sold scarce editions of banned books from the ultra-rare signed uh, Catcher in the Rye, which was $225,000 or $264,000. Damn. Then uh, On the Revolution of Heavenly Spheres, which, which... outraged the church in 1543 by suggesting that the Earth was not at the center of the solar system, which sold for two million pounds. Jesus, I love this. Um, The eternal vigilance, uh, not just by American Libraries Association, but all readers everywhere, uh, is the price of keeping our ideas alive. Uh, as the story of sibling books tells us, books can burn; their knowledge can be lost, and not and nothing uh, is forever. That's crazy. But anyway, uh, yeah, that was a lot. So I'm going to take a break. I think you should take a break too. here is the last article and yes my husband is here and he's probably gonna make some stupid ass sounds hi reality check are you enabling your adult child (laughs) how enabling adult children perpetuates dependence and hinders their growth (laughs) Stop. Stop. Yeah, I am recording. Stop. i reading. No. I'm listening. Because you're messing with me. <laughs> Quit Quit it. Can you read? The audience is listening. They're waiting for you to read. Yeah, and I'm waiting for you to stop. I'm not bothering you from reading. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh when i coach parents of struggling adult children i repeatedly uh see that many many well-intended parents end up on what i call the enabling expressway. <laughs> enabling is fixing problems for others and doing so in a way that interferes with growth and responsibility Overparenting is a term used in <laughs> Uh, the parenting liter- I will go in the other room. <laughs> in the parenting literature that captures the concept of enabling, <coughs> it involves the application of developmentally inappropriate parenting <laughs> tactics that far exceed the actual needs of adolescents and emerging adults. Um,. Past research by Sergen Sur- Et al Sergen at all I don't know how you say your name so sorry why are you laughing at me what the f- what the fuck you do did you fart I think he farted guys uh, <laughs> shows that this type of parenting is associated with increased emotional health issues in adult children. Do you create an enabling dynamic for your adult child? If, for some example, the adult child uh, buying jewelry instead of paying rent would result in the consequence of losing an apartment, um, an enabler rushes and removes the consequence, giving the child... Are giving the adult child no reason or opportunity to learn a valuable lesson. Yeah, there's a lot of that in my family. I should say, my generational curse donors. <clears throat> Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. I know you're listening. Anyway. An example of parent parental enabling. Pam and Heather, okay. Pam is having a relaxing lunch talking with her friend's... And then her phone vibrates with a text message from her adult daughter, Heather, who is in a self-proclaimed major crisis because her rent is due. Heather has texted Pam, hey mom, can I just borrow some money? (coughs) Excuse me. I will pay you back later. (sighs) I had to sneeze in the middle of this article. (laughs) Lunch now feels like dust in the wind from Pam's mind. Um, as her stomach is doing loops in her abdomen, Pam texts back, How about we discuss this later? Just as Pam's stomach starts to settle down, Heather writes back, What the fuck, Mom? (laughs) Fine. I'll be on the street, but you don't need to worry about me. Ma'am, child, that is your fault. (laughs) You should be prepared. Pam feels manipulated by this latest response. And she starts to say to herself, I'm not falling for this. But then, almost inexplicably, Pam gets, or gives, uh, in the text, okay, I'll help you out, but only this time. Yep, and then that, this time, this one time, ends up being another, and another, and another time. Adult children are hurting. Um... Coaching clients include parents of adult children in in the United States, as well as many countries abroad. While there are many differing cultures and customs, the dilemma remains fundamentally the same for parents. How to healthily, optimally help their child (laughs) when (laughs) when they're struggling. In a way that does not perpetuate their struggles. In some cases, struggling adult children may have a significant mental health issue, um, including um, addictions, uh, which need to be addressed according to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, 75% of young adults have reported struggling with anxiety or depression during the pandemic, while 25% reported serious suicidal ideation. Um, The ripple effects of anxiety and depression from the pandemic uh, do not appear to be lessening. Um, At the same time, mental health uh, treatment does not have... A mutually exclusive I'm sorry hang on does not have to be mutually exclusive from the adult child contributing to their recovery in any way they can too many times however I see parents uh, overly rescuing their children from their problems Uh, this does not help their emotional health while it may feel good for parents to do this, uh, the implicit or even explicit message to the child's you're not um, competent to make it on your own. Parents in these situations need to be mindful of how damaging it is to enable their adult children. Um, whether you've got a 33-year-old son who keeps asking for money while falsely claiming to uh, he will pay you back, or a 27 year old daughter who just can't keep a job, um, adult children who behave immaturely and irresponsibly can be stressful, I have seen many sad stories in my office of families and children over 21, in one case age 44, oh Jesus Christ, um, who still are overly dependent on their parents. Wha why? Why, babe. uh, I can't take a break. (laughs) I already have given them a break. This is the end of it. This is the last part. Um, it can be very challenging for parents, uh, to set limits with adult children who have become overly dependent. The parents often feel drained and emotionally depleted. They want their child to be happy on his own, yet they live in fear of not doing enough to help their child get there. This is, by no means, an easy situation. Ask yourself the following to see if you are enabling. If you answer yes, then, um... Or to even one question below, it is important to stay mindful how your actions may influence your child's interaction. Does your child now act entitled to uh, and demand things you once enjoyed giving, like car privileges, gifts, perks at home, or even rent money? Question two... Um, it does- or does it what in the world is going on? My husband is doing his own thing over here. Does it feel like you are living from crisis to crisis with your adult child? Do you sacrifice too much- no, I can't. Right now, I can't look at this. <laughs> I can't! (laughs) Listen, you guys are gonna have to put up with us, because we're just in a happy mood. (laughs) Do you sacrifice too much to meet your own child's needs? Are you afraid of hurting your child? Are you feeling burdened, uh, used, or resentful, or burnt out? (sighs) My goodness, okay. Uh, The importance of setting boundaries. Do you struggle with knowing where to draw that fine line between uh, letting them learn how to stand on their own two feet and bailing them out? Does helping your adult child tend to become a pattern of unhealthy uh, rescuing? Uh, If you try to save your adult child every time they are in trouble, you may be making things worse. Is that a Mountain Dew flavored pickle? What is that? Hot dogs? Oh, that's disgusting! (laughs) Um, listen, this is me and my husband's relationship. Fuck anybody else who thinks it's weird. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's taken me forever (laughs) to read this. Parents for sure need to be thoughtful about how they assist their adult children without enabling them. Setting boundaries with your adult child can sometimes be the best thing to do, even when it's hard to say, I am here to listen and here's what I can offer. But I also think uh, you will feel better about yourself if you figure this out on your own. Or I can help you to a point Um, but, to, or but, but do you agree that this also doing your part is going to feel the best for you? Okay. I'm not gonna lie, um, I have probably done this to my parents a few times, but, uh, I I, I can't blame them all the time. I, I will own up to my mistakes. I was a bitch to my parents, too. But we're not going to get into that. We'll just we'll just say that I was a bitch to my parents a few times. Helping your adult child while taking care of yourself, too. As children either graduate or quit school, um, they need to increasingly have skin in the game. What? Um, and strive towards becoming self-sufficient. This does not mean, um parents should abruptly put their adult child on the street. At the same time, um, the adult child needs to own their goals and plans to become self-reliant. Sometimes crisis, a crisis, crises occur um, that will send children back home, such as bad breakup problems at college or health issues. Um, this is acceptable as long as there is a plan in place for the adult child to become more independent. There are ten suggestions from my book, Ten Days to a Less Defiant Child, uh, okay, cool. Um, this is, of course, somebody else's article that I'm reading, because I find it interesting, but, about how to be empathetic and supportive to your child without enabling them. Try not to be adversarial, (laughs) as I've never used that word in a. I haven't used that word in a while, man. Adversarial. That's a nice word. (laughs) As you encourage your child to become more independent, the goal is to be supportive and understanding with um, a collaborative mindset. Be calm, firm, and non-controlling in your demeanor as you express these guiding uh, expectations to motivate your uh, adult child toward healthy independence. If uh, they live with you, encourage working children to uh, contribute part of their pay for room and home expenses. Uh, Gently remind them that their contribution is something they owe more to themselves than you. Um, Don't uh, indiscriminately give money proving spending money I'm sorry, providing spending money should be contingent with um, on children's efforts towards independence. Develop a response that you can offer if you are caught off guard. Agree uh, that you won't answer for a certain period whether it Uh, be the next morning, or at least for 24 hours. For example, the next time you get an urgent call that says, I need money, respond by saying, I'll have to talk it over with you and your father. Or if you are single, I'll have to talk it over. And we'll get back to you tomorrow. Uh, This will allow you time to consider it and give you a chance to think and talk about it beforehand. It will also show that you are remaining steady uh, in your course while uh, presenting a united front. Alright. Number five. Agree on a time limit on how long uh, children can remain at home based on their abilities, willingness, and strive towards goals and what your... Or what you find tolerable. Number six, if you can afford it, offer to help pay starting costs of rent on an apartment. Agree with uh, decreasing contributions to rent until the child is fully responsible. Remember that you are always, that you always have to You always have the right to say, I changed my mind about a previous promise. Uh, Set limits on how much time you spend helping your child resolve crises, and uh, encourage your child to problem solve by asking, what are your ideas? Uh, Nine, remember that you are not in a popularity contest. Be prepared for your child to reject you, or she... Or he or she will most likely come around later. Number ten, support groups- or attend support groups if your child has a substance abuse or mental health problem. Um, only give spending money to an adult child consistently involved in treatment. Final thought. If you find this information helpful, I hope that you can use it to have a calm, mutually respectful, constructive conversations to address the concerns between you and your adult child, uh, and wouldn't that be the best for all parties involved? Yeah, Alright. Yeah, there are a lot of adult children out there these days. It's crazy. Anyway. That is it! That's it for us, uh, uh here in Ohio in toledo i will see you in the trenches. wow i will see you in the trenches next time bye bye